0: Everybody, and welcome to episode 348 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and today we've not only got Supercoach Alois Rosario, but a special guest. But first up, welcome Alois.
1: Thank you, Jeffrey, and it is nice to be here today. I'd uh, have to say, uh, we've almost got British like weather here uh, today, Jeff. It's, uh, it's cold. Very appropriate. It's cold. It's rainy, and it is appropriate because our special guest today, and I'd like you all to welcome Tom Lodziak. Hey, welcome, hey, Tom. Hi. Right. Thanks. All
2: right. for
1: welcome, Tom.
2: Me
1: here, yeah. Now, now, Tom, um, just a little bit about uh, you, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners already know who you are, but. Uh, you're a late comer to table tennis. You know, starting table tennis in your mid twenties, which I think is really interesting. We'll ask you a bit about that later. Um, but also now you're a level two uh, coach in the UK, um, and not only that, but you're also the club chairman of your of uh, Cambridge Parkside Table Tennis Club. And I, I believe you just didn't step back fast enough, right, when you uh, became chairman. <laughs> uh, That's
2: right. Yeah.
1: And uh, but started coaching part time uh, in 2011 but now a full time coach and uh, describe yourself as passionate and that that table tennis coaching is your calling and I uh, and I love that so tom welcome to the show
2: thank you very much for inviting me i have been watching ping skills videos for as long as i can remember you two are kind of the original <laughs> and still the best youtubers at um, table tennis tutorials and you actually helped me so much throughout my coaching. I always go to your videos for very straightforward, simple, very good advice. Oh,
1: thank, thank you, you. Tom. I, th- I think what he's saying is we're old, Jeff. I think that's, <laughs> that, that's definitely what I heard. <laughs> um, no, thanks, Tom. Um, so, Tom, um, really nice to get a chance to talk to you. And there's a couple of really key things, I think, for me. And the first one is that you started playing – in your mid twenties. Um, now I think a lot of our listeners as well would, could really resonate with that. Uh, firstly, why did you start playing table tennis at, at that sort of age?
2: Well, um, I played sort of on and off in my youth, but mainly just with my family. Um, so I kind of, you know, like table tennis, but i never, you know, done it more than just as a bit of fun. Um, and then, um, My main passion was football,
0: playing football, (laughs)
2: but um, knee injuries meant that became increasingly difficult. It's like I've got to do an activity. So I got back into table tennis or got into table tennis properly, sort of in my um, mid 20s, started attending a club regularly um, and just loved it. You know, it's such a fast paced sport and um, you can feel yourself improve relatively quickly so you think you're having success and that encourages you even more so for me starting late it was there was never any goal in mind it's just it was a really fun activity to do and um, I just kept kept going really and how did
0: you find that joining the club process was that scary going to a club
2: um yes and no in that I think I, I was living in London at the time and I attended two or three clubs the first club I went to I went in there and I was just terrified (laughs) the players would just look so amazingly good and I I played for about an hour and it was just I was way out of my depth and I didn't feel particularly welcomed I wasn't good enough they didn't really want me there so I never (laughs) went back to that club but I eventually found a club which was a completely different atmosphere, perhaps a, a bit more of a mixed standard of players. But the coach there was just so welcoming. Um, he's called Sankit. It was Finsbury Table Tennis Club. And he, he would welcome anybody and he'd wrap his arms around you and he'd encourage you to play. And therefore, it makes such a big difference because you feel like you belong and rather than feeling like an outsider who nobody really wants there. So it was the atmosphere of the club which made a huge difference to me and has allowed me then to want to keep on going.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really interesting you talk about that. So now, I mean, you're a, you're the chairman of uh, your table tennis club. What sort of things are you putting in place now to, I guess, um, welcome that uh, Tom Lodziak of uh, of the 2020s?
2: Yeah. So, um, well, before March this year, the club was um, again very open doors policy welcomed everybody we probably had too many people coming along so we had a bit of a problem of just managing the numbers um but we would work in the same idea we would welcome everybody and we would be you know we'd match people up with others of a similar ability we would there'd be two or three people helping at the club just encouraging those new ones and um, giving them tips giving them some feedback but making them feel like they belong at the moment it's a little bit harder because we're having to completely restrict the numbers um, to sort of meet the coronavirus guidelines and um, we still have the club open but it's just more restricted so there's less people who come along however we still do have a few more along the beginner lines who are coming along to the club and again we once again we just do our best to make them feel welcome give them some advice and importantly just tell them that you know what if you just keep turning up if you just keep coming you will get better and better and then you will feel like You belong and then there's going to be another new beginner come and then you're going to help them develop as well. So it's this trying to create this atmosphere that we always try to help people who perhaps aren't quite as good as us because that will help them improve. Then they can help the next people. And the beginner at the moment, four or five years time might end up being a really, really good player.
1: Yeah, I think building that culture um, is what you what you say there is um, is key. And I've seen it so often as well, Tom, you know, you, you see those clubs like that first club you went to where it's it's awkward and it's difficult and it's difficult for, for players to walk into. But um, but I, I love the what you've done with just building that culture of um, getting the the current players to help the others. Do you, do you find much um, opposition to that within your within your club?
2: Um, I think there's always some players who just want to play with certain other players and um, that's fine. You know, we can accommodate that as well. But I think, um, I think when you set the overall tone of the club, that um, essentially we're all there to help each other and we encourage people to give each other feedback. And I don't know, the players seem really happy to do so. So I, you know, I think it's if you set that culture initially, then everybody can, hopefully buy into it as long as players feel as though they have the opportunity to stretch themselves so the better players have the opportunity to stretch themselves by having good practice with other players of similar ability then I think they're perfectly happy to also spend some of the time perhaps helping somebody who isn't quite as strong as them yeah
0: Yeah. interesting yeah the first time I went to a club I played in like a handicap competition so they rated everyone Mm -hmm. and you would play in uh, Around robin with people your standard so because I was just a beginner I just played people with the beginner but if you um, won your group you got to go into like a knockout draw against other players so then you got the chance uh-huh. to play some really higher players uh-huh. just in those finals and you know so the first time I played I, I won through to uh, I won my first matches and got through to the finals and I played some A grader and it was like one match up to 31, and he got 27 points head... I got 27 points head start, and he started on minus 10, and I think only won two points and still won. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And but it
1: and was
0: good, because you got you got to play your own players, but then you got to see and play against some really good players if you did well. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that sort of
2: competition. So, um, so Tom, what sort of activities do you have at your club? Um, So, we would... Again, going back to earlier in the year, we would have a mixture yep. of things going on. So there would be just some open play, uh, where people can just um, play with a partner. So really encouraging players to sort of own their own development and think through the drills they're going to use. Um, I'm I'm a big believer in that, not just. Constantly a coach telling people what to do the whole time. I think it's really important that players think for themselves and take ownership of their development. So there's that type of session. We would also put on some more organised sessions, either with me running a session or bringing in coaches from elsewhere. So something a bit more structured for players who want that. Then of course in um, in England we have a quite a strong um, league local league system so there's opportunity for players to play competitive matches against um, teams from from um, other parts of cambridgeshire so there'd be a mixture of things i think ideally we'd want to grow the club and do even more things but we're a bit limited about um, how often we can use the um, facilities which we have at the school so there's there's no lack of demand for table tennis it's um the biggest issue we have is lack of um facilities
0: that's okay. awesome that was yeah, a good baby. problem to have in a way isn't
2: it yeah. yeah yeah so the demand is definitely there i think table tennis i feel it's growing in popularity more people want to do it it's can we service their needs as much as possible
0: excellent now, yeah, I, yeah
1: oh yep sorry yeah, Alice. yeah I, I think i think um i think you're right there um if i just wanted to ask you a follow-up there if you did have more time what sort of other activities do you think would be useful for uh, for a club like yours
2: well we so bear in mind we're basically amateur players so we're not close to sort of having you know professional yeah. standard players playing at our club so i think on the one hand just more opportunities to play i mean i just look at it in a quite a simple way you have open sessions where people take ownership you have structured coaching mm-hmm. sessions we'd probably do If we had more availability, we'd perhaps be able to do a little bit more on the coaching side, perhaps put on a few more sessions. We'd Mm -hmm. probably be able to do more internal competitive play, but done in such a way in which people can compete against people of a similar standard as them. So people can, if you like, get three important aspects they take ownership of their own training and they train and they practice. Number two, they get coaching, whether that is group coaching or individual coaching. And three, they get competitive play, whether that is internally within the club or within a um, league format. And I think if you're combining the three, doing all the practice, doing the coaching and applying all of that in competitive play, then you get this lovely kind of feedback loop where you play the matches, you work out, oh, I need to improve on this. You go and practice that. Maybe I need to get some coaching help because there's something I'm not quite doing well. And it can all sort of feed into each other. So I don't think we need to overcomplicate how we do clubs. But as long as there's opportunities for people to practice, opportunities for people to learn and opportunities for people to compete, for me, that is a very nice club setting for amateur table tennis players.
0: Definitely. It's so nice to hear something just Simple. That makes sense. You don't want to hear this too complicated. Whenever you hear these plans, and you think that sounds really complicated, you like, there's got to be yeah. something wrong with it. But if it's just nice and simple, it's like I understand that. I can follow that. Yeah, it's good. And most
2: players, it. they just want to play table tennis. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just, they just want to be on the table, hitting balls, having fun. Let's not lose sight of of that as well. Yeah,
1: yeah so, that's that, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, so Tom. Uh, I guess, you know, you had those challenges when you came into the game. Um, so now you're, now you're a level two coach um, in the UK. Um, what drew you to coaching? You know, so as opposed to, you know, that, that guy at 25, 26 uh, going in and starting to play, was there a switch that suddenly thought, oh, maybe I can help others?
2: Um, like like much of these things it just kind of happened by me refusing to say no so oh yeah I'll, I'll help out with that so in London there was one main coach sank it and then he was asking if other people wanted to help out start their coaching license and I was like yeah okay then I'll do that so I started with you know did my first qualification then um, did a little bit of coaching and thought oh this is this is nice I'm enjoying helping other people and um, um, I kind of felt I could really um, their problems. I could really understand because essentially they were my problems as well. So when they're struggling with a particular shot or particular thing, it's like, yeah, I completely understand because I have this problem as well. So I've kind of felt really connected to the players that I coach, and I could completely understand the problems they had because they were exactly the problems I was going through. Um, so that kind of gave me um, some initial encouragement to keep coaching because I was enjoying it. I felt I was helping people, plus i really quickly discovered that there's this huge gap at the moment in terms of coaching structures so much of the coaching is geared towards juniors Mm -hmm. quite rightly so um you know we want to develop our juniors we want to make them good there's this mass of adults who are desperate, absolutely desperate to learn, and they would love to have coaching as well. Uh, but there's no one to coach them. And I thought, hang on a second. I'm an adult. I want to be coached. Why? 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 Why wouldn't you coach adults? You can keep playing table tennis until you drop. You can play into your 80s, into your 90s. So even if you start at 60, you still, if you live in good health you can still play table tennis for an awful long time so for me it's kind of like well it doesn't matter if you're a junior or you're a 70 year old if you want to improve if you have that desire to improve then why not so by me then starting to offer my services you know I was just kind of being inundated really with people who want to be coached and primarily adults
0: yeah it's amazing isn't it and that's what we found with all our ping skills videos too. A lot of people that watch them are people that maybe played when they were younger, but then they had kids and, you know, life just got really busy. And then when the kids got older, they got a bit more time. Like, I want to come back to the game. I love it. I want to get better. And so exactly what you're saying.
2: It's such a common story, the amount of people who said exactly that story to me. I played when I was younger. I haven't played for 30 years going to get back into it or another one is I used to play other sports but I can't do that now so I want to play table tennis so it's also a game for people who are injured by other sports (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Uh,
1: so uh, Tom so coaching those adults what what do you see as the as the keys for an adult starting to learn the game
2: yeah so there's You've got a couple of different adults. You've got adults who really are starting out and who are beginners. In a way, that's quite easy because you can kind of get the good principles into them early. You don't have to undo any too many bad habits. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a few beginners who I've coached really and they haven't hit the ball much before. So Mm -hmm. one way, that's easy. The real hard ones are the adults who have played previously and have got all kinds of weird and (laughs) wonderful technique and how you can go about um, improving them. Because we all know that once a technique has become quite embedded within your muscle memory, it is a heck of a challenge to... um, to try and undo that so one of the key challenges of adults is I think trying to work out how much you try to change someone's technique or how much you try to work with the technique they have because you can spend an enormous amount of time trying to change someone's habit but the habit is so ingrained that you end up just messing them up even more so is there another way of doing it is it saying okay technically what you're doing might not be you know as good as a professional player but if we can make it consistent, if we can make it reliable, it can still be effective. And therefore you don't have to waste all this time completely changing the way you play. You can take the advantages of what you have, which might be a little bit unusual, unorthodox, but that can still be hugely effective at amateur level table terms.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah. Very I, interesting. Yeah. I think, I think that's really good, Tom. I think, um, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's, there's definitely not one way of doing anything um, in this game. And, uh, and but I think
0: that's true of kind of any sport and stuff. Like um, I've been watching a lot of the cricket lately and you look at Steve Smith batting and um, he just defies all the rules about how you should bat, yet he's <laughs> one of the best batters in the world. So, I mean, especially at amateur level, yeah, why try and change something if it's going to be hard when you can still make improvements in other areas? Yeah. And yeah, I think-
2: and I think at amateur level, I mean, for most people, their goals it is maybe just to improve their win percentage maybe move up a division maybe beat a player they've not beaten before um and so their goals are much more modest so therefore you don't have to play like a professional at amateur level you can really play any particular playing style you want and actually have lots of success and reach the the top division of your of your league or something like that or be one of the best players in your club so it provides a huge scope of how of how you can play table tennis and for me that's really fascinating. It's fun because you don't have to get everybody to play in exactly the same topspin way. Um, there's huge scope for playing in different ways and it, it, it's very varied and it makes it a lot of fun I think. I think um, what
1: you, something you said earlier resonates with me too Tom and about um, about the club and the structure. So you talked about they have the opportunity to play some games and then they have then have the opportunity to to make some changes in that uh, practice-type scenario. Um, And I think thinking about it that way uh, makes a lot of sense to me. You know, so what what does your game look like and what do I need to then, um, you know, improve to make my game better, not what does my forehand look like, what do I need to do to make my forehand better better?
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, sort of an interesting... Whenever I publish videos on YouTube of myself playing, the consistent feedback that I get from people watching is how terrible my forehand technique is. <laughs> and they say, your backhand's okay, but your forehand's terrible. But in reality, in a match situation, it's my forehand where I win the vast majority of my points, and it's my backhand which breaks down. So even though my forehand technique looks in a way which people think it's pretty rubbish actually I found a way of using it which works for me and I can win points whereas my backhand which I've had to kind of relearn is the shot which i'm far less confident with so even though it might look like it's a little bit better i'll feel less confident so then i have that feedback from a match situation i know it's my forehand i'm perfectly happy with it i how much do i need to change the technique i don't know but i'm going to improve a lot more if i can massively improve my backhand and be much more consistent on that so therefore i take that feedback in a match situation i go to practice I perhaps have a bit more focus on my backhand. It's still not quite right. I, perhaps I get some advice from another coach. Look at my backhand. What do you think I could do better? And therefore, it, it, you have this, this feedback loop.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Your story we- reminded me of one of uh, the Australian coaches. He started uh, later. We've got uh, a famous Australian player, Brian Berry, that started in his 20s. And he has a very unusual forehand. It's really whippy, um, but it's a deadly weapon. <laughs> He gets so much top speed on it; it's almost impossible to block.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah and presumably, his technique is in a way that if you looked at it, you wouldn't coach anyone else to play. Correct.
1: You, you certainly play. wouldn't. A <laughs> uh, shout out to you, uh, B. Brian, out there, yes. Brian Berry. Um, uh,
0: so yeah, you mentioned there um, you started the, the YouTube video. So how did you get uh, started with YouTube, and what uh, what encouraged you to start there?
2: Well, I saw these two guys from Australia (laughs) and they were doing some really interesting things. Now, do you know what? I I kind of started, um, I was thinking, look, I want to be a table tennis coach. I want to make it a full-time career i'm not sure whether just the coaching itself is going to financially make that work is there another way that i could generate an income so i came up with this idea initially that i was going to do an online course which i kind of did and um table tennis for beginners so it's going to be a course and people could then pay for the course um and in the process of doing that i uploaded one or two of the videos onto youtube and just left them there forgot all about it yeah the course never really took off not that many people signed up to it but when i checked the youtube the couple of videos i posted onto youtube about a year later they were starting to get all of these views and i thought oh that's interesting (laughs) um maybe i'll actually just put some more videos on youtube and it kind of just grew from there and then um it you know whatever i was doing in the way that i was talking was obviously resonating with some people so i thought well I'll, i'll just i'll just keep going
0: Awesome. Yeah. And it's amazing, isn't it? Just to think, like, how many people you can reach through a video like that, as opposed to just at your club.
2: Yeah, well, exactly. And which is awesome. It's it's exciting, but then also gets a bit daunting because you kind of think... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, I put myself out there you. again you got to not worry what they have to do just tell be. you how bad you are and it's like, okay, alright
1: <laughs> Thanks, so let me just
2: yeah Close my eyes, look at the comments oh. <laughs> You have to have a bit of thick skin about it and not worry too much about what other people think and Yeah, so,
1: that's right That's right um, I, I, the, Oh, you go of, Alice Oh, sorry, yeah, speaking of your videos, um, Tom I saw one of you uh, with Des Douglas now Desi was one of my uh, one of my heroes, um, and I actually had the privilege of playing against him in about 1986, um, and it wasn't pretty, I tell you. He was um, it, we're, we're both left-handers, and um, he has one of the best backhands in the world, and I have probably one of the worst backhands in the world. And he was just he was just kicking the that backhand into into my backhand, and and I do remember I I thought okay I'm going to have to do something here, and I I just Thought okay, I'm just going to have to tee off on a backhand, so I did hit the cleanest, sweetest backhand I've ever hit. And Desi, in his um, in his inimitable way, just stood there, you know, one finger up in the air, back to the ball, <laughs> just kick and just kicked it past me. And before I'd even uh, finished swinging, the uh, the ball was going back past me. But um, but but Des, uh, that reminded me a bit of about uh, you were talking a little bit earlier about technique yeah and um and you know you don't have to have a uh, perfect technique you know what, what, no, what do you see in des
2: i i i des is a hero of mine as well i just love the way he plays table tennis and i think because um technique wise if you were to analyze his technique by modern day standards you know you'd say his technique is very flawed you in some respects you would never coach people to play like desmond douglas but It kind of, I think people are missing the point a little bit when you actually look at the things that Desmond does really well. There is so much to learn. So Desmond has very short strokes. He stays up to the table Um, and I've been on training camps where Desmond Douglas has been doing demonstrations and is normally doing a demonstration with a a younger player who has lovely flowing moves, big rotations, And Dez, even though, you know, is in his 60s, he knocks them all over the place (laughs) because the skills, what he has learned, the ability just to see the ball so early, to take the ball quickly off the bounce. And he pressurizes the other player, constant pressure, pressure, pressure. They have no time to play. And um, it's just, for me, beautiful to watch. Um, I know that um, when he was sort of in his heyday and he was going along to the England training camps, the other players um, would kind of look at him and say, how can Des be so good? He he does everything wrong. He jumps in the <laughs> air. He plays a shot like this. Um, but the the players who perhaps were more observant were not just looking at how he was playing his shots. They're crucially looking at where is he putting the ball? And for me, one of the really big lessons from Desmond Douglas is just how good he is at ball placement, how brilliant he is at ball placement, how close to the lines he gets the ball consistently again and again and again. And when you take the ball early, short strokes and get very good ball placement, it is horrible for the other player to play against because you feel like... You are being squeezed and stretched. You have no time to play, and I think that is the wonderful lesson from Desmond Douglas. And just quickly on on Desmond, the other thing I would say is he's such a good lesson for any amateur player, especially as we get older, because he shows that you can play. You don't have to be this super athlete running back from the table making these spectacular shots. You can actually play up to the table. You can do minimal movement, and you can still be really, really good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks that's
0: fantastic. Right. Um, yeah. is that how you felt Alice,
1: pressurized <laughs> uh, yeah just it, it, it was it was the, it was the complete time pressure that he put uh puts you under um you know yeah the, that ball's just coming back at you f- too fast you just haven't got time to to really uh to make any big strokes or wind up um and you know they talk. they also talked about his uh reflexes but interestingly, I, I did read uh, read a little bit about uh, his reflexes, and they weren't actually that good. you know when when you actually um, put him on a on a time a timer and you know get him to press a button, um, but his ability to read what was happening in a game and to read um, his opponent um was just amazing. and and that's that's just what it felt like. It just felt like he was he was sitting exactly where i was going to put the ball he was he was ready for anything that uh, that um i could i could put at him and and um you know players a lot better than me could put at him as well
0: yeah now interestingly you talked about the lessons you can learn from desmond douglas and i guess through your uh, your journey tom you've learned a lot about how adults can improve just from your own experience and So over this recent time, you decided to write a book.
2: Yes, I did. Spin tips and tactics to win at table tennis. Very nice.
0: (laughs) Well, so I've heard that writing a book is a horrendous process. Takes up all your time, takes forever. How was was that experience?
2: Um, Yeah, I thought it was going to be easy. So over the past (laughs) few years... I've sort of written a number of articles on my website, a hundred articles about different things in table Turn. So I thought, do you know what? All I need to do is take those articles, put them together, job done that will take take me a week yeah it didn't work out like that because nothing flowed i had to basically rewrite all of the content and to you know make it make sense make it flow so yeah it was a lot more work than i envisaged <laughs> but i had a lot of time earlier in the year when we had the lockdowns and i wasn't able to coach so i thought well if ever i'm going to do it i'm going to do it now so um yeah it was it was a lot harder than i thought but something you know it was really enjoyable process um and um, i'm really glad i did it
0: yeah. So, um, so what was your aim for the book, and and what's involved? What's in it? Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, really, it's it's a book aimed at this um, amateur table tennis. You know, really kind of got adults in mind. So, everything we've been talking about in this in this podcast, um, this is the book is aimed at these sort of players. So, in the book, I will go through things to do with um, training, things to do with technique, things to do with serve, returning serves, tactics, um, with the idea of trying to make everything quite straightforward and simple, trying to make table tennis seem not that scary, trying to show players that no matter what age you are, no matter what standard, everybody can improve. Um, And if you keep persevering, if you train in the right way, if you have an open-minded, problem-solving type of mindset, actually you can improve far, far, far more than what you ever imagined. And I get sometimes players who come along to the club and they're perhaps um, sort of beginner intermediates and they look at the better players in the club and they're like, well, I'll, I'll I'll never be up to their standards. And you just have to say, well, you know what? Those players there who you think are really good, one of the reasons why they're really good is... They just keep turning up week after week, month after month, year after year. And this gradual improvement takes place. And if you do the same thing, you train in the right way, you know, you'll be them as well. So this whole book is the whole idea is just to, you know, inspire people to believe that they can improve if they approach table tennis in the right way.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, Who did we do the interview with from New Zealand, Alois, about not giving up?
2: Mm. I
1: don't know. Don't ask me, Jeff. I've got no memory.
0: But (laughs) But um, I remember uh, another coach said one time What's what's a piece of advice you'd give to juniors? And he was like, Don't give up too early. He goes, you don't know when success is just around the corner. And it really does take that perseverance.
2: It does. And that's one of the things I also talk about in the book is, you know, just being realistic, especially for us adults getting good at table tennis it takes flipping ages there's so much involved the game is so fast and you have to um play enough that essentially you're not thinking anymore everything's done with your your muscle memory and therefore your body just reacts without you even knowing because it's just so fast so all of these changes in spin and all of these subtle things which at beginning you just don't pick up eventually you do start reading the different spins and you subconsciously react to what you see but that process takes a long time. Most of us, you know, we're talking years and years and years, five, 10, 15 years, not one or two years. So it's been realistic with people as well. If people come into table tennis and think, I'm going to be a master of table tennis, it's only going to take me a year. I mean, I've never seen it happen. And uh, maybe there'll be an outlier there somewhere, somebody who has become amazing in such a short time frame. But for most people, it takes just a much longer period of time, takes an awful lot of practice. Um, so just persevere and enjoy the process
0: excellent yeah i like that and i, I like how you've structured the book from the the contents it looks like you you talk about those things so how long does it take to get cool uh to get good and and yeah we get this question a lot as well about like how often should you train and that's a very difficult question to answer isn't it
2: it's a very difficult question difficult question because especially for adults there tends to be so many comedians competing demands on your time whether that is family commitments work commitments caring commitments for elderly relatives so or even there may not be that many opportunities to play so people may not have a club near them which is open all the time so for me it's you do what you can okay you um if you can fit in Two hours of training per week. Brilliant. Four, even better. Six, fantastic. But beyond that, for most people, it starts to become really difficult. I think the more important thing, rather than how many hours you can fit in every week, is actually doing it every week. So having that regular Mm -hmm. play every week. So to be honest with you, two hours of play every week is better than, you know, having a splurge one week for 10 hours and then not playing for another month. But if you keep playing regularly every week, and I think that's the most important thing. Then you don't have to be playing hours and hours and hours; just even a couple of hours a week, but every week, and you do get that improvement.
0: Yeah, I think that's good advice for learning anything. In fact,
1: yeah, yeah we um we we did a we did a bit of an experiment a while back, uh, Tom, on um, on on learning, and uh, we were uh, Jeff and I did two different skills, and we were only allowed to do five minutes a day, uh, but we did every day for a month and it was uh, w- we sort of uh, surprised ourselves how just that small amount on a regular basis was uh, was something that really helped us improve skills um yeah i i, um, I like the i like the concept um so uh, what what uh, so I, I i like the key messages of your book um are there any other key messages that you think uh are, 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 are vital for, for players, I suppose yeah. especially those adults coming through.
0: Yeah, because one thing that we often hear is like, oh, it's really difficult for adults to improve. So is it possible or is age really some kind of barrier?
2: Um, I don't think age is a barrier. I'm not basing this on any great big study of data or anything like this. This is just my own personal experience I have with the players I coach. So... I don't see a huge amount of difference between the learning capacities of a 12-year-old and a 70-year-old. For me, it seems to be down to a player's mindset Mm. and how they approach the game and how willing they are, how open they are to make improvement. So I can have a 12-year-old by all accounts, 12-year-olds should be brilliant at learning. But for some reason, there's something a uh, bit closed with the mindset, an unwillingness to learn. or And therefore, actually, the improvement doesn't happen. You could have another 12-year-old with an amazing mindset, willing to try new things, to be open-minded, to have a belief that they can improve. And they, they just... You know improve rapidly and these mm. are the dudes you end up reaching a very high standard they seem to have an amazing mindset as well but the same thing applies with 70 year olds you can have a 70 year old quite closed mindsets like no i've always done this i'm, I'm not going to improve now and you know what they don't improve you have a 70 year old who's just open to the possibility that if they keep practicing if they keep persevering if they maybe do one or two things different they will improve and they improve maybe they don't improve as rapidly as a 12 year old but they definitely improve so I've seen no evidence from my own personal coaching that there is an age limit where people can just stop improving. I, I, I think we can. And that brings so much hope and so much excitement that as we age, we don't have to be limited by the fact that we are aging. We can just keep on developing and improving. It might be small improvements, but we can definitely still keep improving. You can yeah. keep playing table tennis till you drop and you can still keep improving the whole time.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's one of the absolute beauties of our game that uh, you can you can you can uh, keep improving and you can be competitive at uh, at whatever age, you know, yeah. there are there are world championships for over 90. So, you know, we've, we've all we've all got plenty of time, Tom. Um,
2: we have. I'll just <laughs> we had it at the club last week. So there's a couple of players who I coach. Um, one is a lady. And let's say she's um, 70. God, I hope I've got that right. She's going to be furious with me. But sorry, if that's the case, we'll call her Jane. Right. That's not her real name. And she was playing against Paul, this man, this tall man in her, um, in his in his 40s, still in his physical prime. And um, she was desperate, desperate to to beat him so we had a bit of a coaching session and i know paul and i know jane i said look if you try doing one or two of these things maybe you'll get a couple of extra points and um so they played this match and um and she won she won three nil poor old paul was crestfallen it's like he's just been destroyed and he so depressed with life but jane this lady in the 70s she is delighted she is so happy that she has been able to to beat this Man, in his physical prime, and I think that is for me what is so wonderful about table tennis. <laughs> Different ages can compete compete equally against each other and um, and win.
1: Yeah, now, um, now uh, about competition, so who's the best player you've played uh, then, Tom?
2: Well, the best player, I mean've i I made some um, videos with Paul Drinkle, who has oh, been six time. Yeah. England champion has been in the top 30 in the world won a couple of world tour events so you know amazingly good at table tennis <laughs> and um we so he's the best player I've 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 played with and it was interesting for me so I mean I'm a decent amateur player I'm not a professional level player I'm Not, I wouldn't say I'm even close remotely close to that but I'm a decent amateur level player and um during the filming we were filming different things and you know i felt like i was keeping up with him okay he was making a few mistakes and i thought yeah okay this this is this is okay so at the end we said Let, let's play a game we'll film that we'll make that into a video as well um but it needed to be a bit fairer so he gave me a point head start so we played up to 21 and paul had been seeing me play and i said to paul paul how many points head start are you going to give me and he said I'll give you 21. Oh, sorry. I'll give you 17. 17 points head start. We play up (laughs) 21. I only need four points. Four points. But I thought, do you know what? He's underestimated a bit there because he'll make some mistakes. I'm pretty sure I'll win four points. But the moment, the moment that match started, (laughs) something in him just switched. He turned from being this nice, relaxed guy into this beast of a person. And he got really competitive, really sharp. And he absolutely trounced me. He he won 21 points straight. I did not win a single point. Was, if he got one attack on the table and I blocked it back, I was like, yeah, that's back. And it's gone back fast. The next ball, boom, straight past me again. And it was, you know, an eye-opener just to see the absolutely massive difference between a top professional player and someone who is a decent amateur player. I mean, it is just phenomenal. That. But it was a wonderful experience. I really enjoyed it. It was, um, but yeah, humbling.
0: <laughs> it's it's interesting though, isn't it? Like as soon as that became a competition, yeah. you're saying like something switched. And um I see this with people training as well. Sometimes yeah, they'll be missing balls, missing balls, and you'll say, all right, now let's make this into a game, and suddenly they they just start not missing anymore.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it was a meaningless game. It meant nothing to Paul. I mean, if Paul's playing me. I mean, it's like meaningless game. But he really wanted to win. When it got to twenty seventeen, so I've not won a point. I thought, Do you know what? He's going to be nice to me. He's going <laughs> to let me have a point. Surely he will. Did he? Did he? Absolutely ripped the last ball. <laughs> it's like you are not going to have a point. And oh my, so but for me, just brilliant to see that mindset that. A player, no matter what standard of player you're playing against, he wants to win. And I thought, well, that you know, fair play. That is fantastic mindset.
1: Yeah, and and I think it it also it also shows just the different layers of uh, of ability in table tennis, doesn't it? I mean, um, you, you talk about those players coming into the club, and they look at you know that next level of player, and they just think, oh my goodness, they're so good. Um, and then those players are looking at you and saying, "Wow, look at Tom, he's so good." And then Tom, you're looking at a at a Paul drinkle and <laughs> and and being amazed. But um you know, I think that again, that beauty of table tennis is there's always that someone above you that you Absolutely. can uh, try to try to uh, aspire to.
2: And I, I I often wonder what it's like for a player in any any sport. Like let's say you're a professional player, but same table tennis or tennis like you're 100 in the world which by almost everybody's standard means you are absolutely <laughs> phenomenally amazing at table tennis but compared to the number one player in the world the number one player in the world is going to make you feel also a bit like a beginner and it's like how does that feel when you're professional and you still are made to feel like a beginner by someone who's even so much better than you it must be, i don't know what that must feel like <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is. It, it's a yeah. It's a, it's a it's a great great thing about our game. I um just to, to share a story. I remember going to uh, to Guam one year and um and uh, I was doing some coaching there. And you know I was I was in my late forties probably. And uh, the guy that was uh, the, the the president of Guam, you know, taking me around to schools, and he's introducing me as the Olympic gold medalist and, <laughs> and 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 i just sat there and i thought to myself just imagine how far away from that that i am but you know like these guys just just didn't even blink you know they just thought oh well yeah, this guy could be the olympic gold medalist because he because he's, he's better than me you know like and he and he can hit the ball a bit um but uh yeah it's uh there's uh, there's plenty of layers uh, in this game, and there's I'll tell you there's plenty of layers between me and an Olympic gold medalist. I'll have you know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Tom, uh, it's been really great uh, to have you share um, your uh, your experiences with us and and with uh, with the listeners, and I think there's so many great insights there. You know, from for for any player um starting the game and uh and wanting to learn more and and just you know how to navigate this this world of table tennis as well so yeah a really big thank you to you
2: tom yeah thank you so much for having me on i've been such a big fan of both of yours for such a long time i think what you've done also for table tennis is absolutely fantastic i think actually in the book i have in the dedication page at the end i think i do mention alice and jeff from from pink skills because you absolutely have so shaped some of the stuff that i do as well so oh, thanks a oh, big thank, thank you so for much. the influence you've had on me
1: uh so, jeff did you did you hear 50 percent royalties is that what you heard
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. so um, so if people want to find out more about you i'm sure they all our listeners know but if they haven't what well, what's the best place to go to find you
2: I think just start on Google. Type in Tom Lodziak. You'll come up with either my website or my YouTube channel. Um, if you did want to go directly to my website, it's tabletenniscoach.me.uk. But just as easy, just to type in Tom Lodziak, and and it'll appear.
1: Great. And and how do they and how do they get hold of your book? What's the best way for them to get hold of your book?
2: Um, so my book, um, it's um, you can find it. Um, on many amazon stores um so if you just type in spin tom lodziak again that should come up on my website i'll also have a link to where you can where you can purchase the book if that is something that you're interested in doing
1: yeah i think uh, i think after hearing your story that there'll be a lot of people that are interested in um in getting their hands on a copy um and uh, and it, it'll be a great read for a lot of people. And as I said, you know, just for you to be able to share those experiences that you've had already um, is is great. And you, you're hopefully um, just giving those new players a, a bit of a step up from where you uh, were able to enter the, the world of table tennis.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's the idea. I think we are bom- increasingly There's so much information available for any player. Um, And YouTube is fantastic for that. There's more and more coaches putting things on. You guys started, you were to begin with pretty much the sole voice out there. But in this past couple of years, there's just more and more coaches putting information out there, which on the one hand is fantastic because you get to see lots of different viewpoints. But on the other hand, it starts to become a bit of a minefield. It's like one coach is saying one thing, another coach is saying another thing. I don't understand which one is correct. So I think the purpose of the book is just trying to navigate your way through that and perhaps to show you from my personal experience what is necessary for an amateur player to improve. We don't all have to play like Ma Long um, to be really good at table tennis. There are other ways. Technique isn't everything. What you do with the ball, where you put the ball is just so important and can bring you a long way.
0: Well said. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tom. Thank you, Alloys, and of course, thank you to all our listeners.
2: Um,
0: we appreciate all your support. So yeah, make sure you Google Tom Lodziak,
1: check out his stuff, and we will see you again in another episode shortly. Now, Jeff, don't forget there is an opportunity for them to win uh, the uh, spin. So,
0: Ooh, uh, so we're going to give away a free copy of the book.
1: Yeah, I think Tom is. Yes, so no. But but to do that, um, you're going to have to answer a question, and the question will be who is the best player that Tom has played against. And uh, if you want to, if you want to include the score there, you can as well. But uh, Tom probably doesn't want you to include the score. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So Who who is the best player that uh, Tom has played against? And Jeff, um, how do they? Uh, how do they enter?
0: They go to the Ping Skills website and they click on their name and then they click on competitions and it'll be there. They'll just have to answer that question there and I think we'll give them a week or so. Um, you'll see the dates up there and just answer that question there. And from all the people that answer correctly, we'll randomly choose one person to win the book.
1: Excellent. Um, so that is well worthwhile. Yep, and uh, and from me as well, Tom, a big thank you to you for uh, for making yourself available and for sharing your experiences. You're
2: welcome.
1: Thanks,
0: bye, bye everyone. Bye bye.